Hey, Chris. Yeah, Fred. What's a mason? That's a really good question, Fred. You've reached the Internet's home for all things masonry. Join Chris and I as we plumb the depths of our ancient craft. From the common gavel to the trowel, nothing is off the table. So grab your tools and let's get to work. This is On the Level. All right. All right. Love that Ah, intro. Love it. Got to remember it's live. Can't talk till it's over. I'm just so into it. I was over here going, like, uh uh-oh. They can Uh, hear that. They can hear that. I'm sorry. New. Is this new? This is all new. And again, to reinforce what we always say, we have no idea what we're doing. So this works out well. (laughs) I'm hearing a little echo on me. I don't know if that's actually coming through. So let me adjust. Hopefully it went away. Oh, I'm coming through you on your Me? mic. I see. Okay. I'm echoing? Yeah. No, I am. I am echoing through your microphone. There we go. That's probably a little bet- better. That's a um, really well, good echo, Fred. Uh, echo, <laughs> echo. No, there's just no rabbit trail on echo. We're going, we're moving on. We're moving on. Um, yeah, right. Shout out to Jimmy C who created that. It's uh, catchy, man. For it's us. catchy. It is catchy. Yeah. I'm always over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm liking it. I, I'm trying my best to to rework the outro part so that it can just mm. play seamlessly, and then we can kind of go out in a almost professional sounding way. I, I don't know. I, bit of a pipe dream on my part, I suppose. As long as we don't get fully professional, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Must fully, remain amateurs for mu- life. Must remain a- our dedication to remain amateurish. We'll be ignorant and yes. foolish. That's right. For That's all right. our days. So, uh, so what's going on, brother? Um, Jeez, I, I've, been, I've had a busy week, man. I feel like you. Yeah. <laughs> it's been crazy, crazy. I was in three lodges this week already. Uh. And we have a degree coming up tomorrow morning at another lodge. That'll right. Be a fourth lodge in, in this less is a week. Uh, the district competition team, state competition team, will be putting on an EA degree at Liberty Lodge tomorrow. Right. That's if you, right. If you can make it to Bradenton, well, won't matter. It'll be over by the time you hear this. We did great. Good job, Fred. Awesome, man. Wow, I only <laughs> messed up like three of my own, my four parts, so I did I'm it. good. Perfect. <laughs> no, it's not real. Positive affirmation. I did it great. <laughs> I nailed it. I've never worked with a team quite so dedicated, so I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was uh I was I I know this to be true because I was really disappointed when we had to cancel our team practice yeah. on, on, was that Wednesday night? Yeah. yeah, Wednesday night. We now have people coming to learn as we practice. So there was a lot of disappointed people that we canceled that. Oh, bummer. But that's how it goes. When you got like eight people, it's hard to coordinate schedules on a right. very consistent basis. Yeah. But we've, we're getting started early. We have a great head start on this. Yeah, I agree. Um, then we have... Uh, well, we we missed the table lodge at um, Hillsboro Lodge, unfortunately. Yeah, that just couldn't it make it. Could not pull it off. So shout sorry, out worshipful. to worshipful Carol out there. Yeah, our bad. Sorry, I really, brother. Really regret missing that. But that's what being busy looks like. So right. we have our district, uh, our district twenty three fundraiser coming up, uh, which is going to be a cornhole tournament at Sahib Shrine. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's in a couple of weeks now and yeah, our district picnics coming up. We actually get to go participate in a master Mason degree at Hillsborough Lodge later this month. Nice. 
That I'm looking forward to. Man, I can't wait to do virtual in that lodge. Right? Right? With those brothers. I can't wait to witness it. And sit, it's just sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, good luck with that. You know you're not going to be sitting on the sidelines. Uh, I'm going to be sitting on the side. I will not be roped into anything. Ha! I don't know funny. anything. I don't know anything. All right, so... None I, of us do. That doesn't stop us. <laughs> we still do the work. I, I would be mortified to mess up as badly as I'm capable of lodge. doing in that beautiful lodge building. Mm-hmm. I would, it would be like... That would be like going to Carnegie Hall. Mm. As an as a musician and totally like dropping your clarinet on your <laughs> foot, you know? Yeah. And cursing out loud. <laughs> Get this clown out of here. Yeah, no, no, that's not gonna happen. But I will be there on the sidelines cheering on my brethren as they perform perfectly. Well, I shouldn't call it a performance because it's not really a performance. No. Uh, we we have another uh esoteric discussion coming up at my house this yeah, month that's sometime. right i was going to ask you where it was i didn't put it anywhere yet i've been a little ah, busy so i gotta figure out when that is and post that online if you're anywhere in the area near sarasota uh email chris at on the level with fred and chris.com or fred at on the level with fred and chris.com and come out to one of our esoteric discussion group nights we do it it's part of our district 23 um, commitment all the masters have made this year to do more things together uh, this is one of the awesome ones where we get together uh, there is cigar smoking and yes, there is. drink of choice having uh, but the main point is to talk about how we can relate Freemasonry to our life in a positive way and we do talk about very specific esoteric things depending on who shows up uh, we always seem to have at least an entered apprentice, so right. So we don't usually go past that level. Yeah, yeah. With the esoteric specific things, because but, it's a closed group, right? We can, we can, uh, we have, we can talk openly about you know um, the masonry, which cannot be spoken of here, like on the podcast. So if who, our lowest degree. Yeah, is where we're we're stuck, and of course we're always gl- glad when EAs come. Love it so oh, far. It. So far, all of the esoteric discussions have been based in um, have not gone past um, the EA degree. Right, uh, right. Not in any kind of detail. De- detail, really. but yeah. yeah. But and I, it was cool because at the last one we met an EA from Manatee Lodge. Who then we got to go. Shout out to Brother Booth. Wait, he's a fellow craft, sorry. Oh, um, he is a fellow craft, yeah. my bad. He was a fellow craft when we met him. He came to an esoteric discussion group and became friends. And yeah, William Booth uh, and his uh, his brother, actually, uh, Aral, did a fellow craft give back just this past, that was one of the lodges, I think, Monday night. And right. uh, we got to go sit and watch and watch him do that and forgot to speak publicly. That uh, was a total education I crashed. that night. I crashed. Not one of my better. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I did. I, I've done that presentation about our, our cigar fundraiser uh, through three ruffians, um, you know, a couple of times and it went great, man. And I don't know what happened. I just stepped up to the plate and that ball went whizzing by me and I swung so hard I missed it. Well, and, uh, that lodge, uh, that night had 11 that, past masters. That's right. So it was a lot of bit, there's a bit more heat in that room than you're probably used to. And, and that was the first 
Was that the first meeting? The first uh, with their new worshipful master. With the that new, with their... the the whole new everything. Yeah, the whole new, the new environment there. I think that this is their second meeting, but the first one was total chaos. So this is their first real meeting. Yeah, and it was great. And everybody oh, man, said it was, it was awesome. just uh, the the weight was lifted, and uh, there was just uh, well, it was there was uh, masonry going on there, which was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, people probably generally have no idea what we're talking about, but uh, this lodge had some issues, as we all have some issues in our lodges. Correct. Theirs was just a little more difficult than ours. The There were some uh, issues with their worshipful master who uh, was removed, and a new master was appointed by the Grand Master, so, uh, who happens to be a past master, and just so much going on there. And that lodge is dealing with a lot right now, but you just—it's such a great feeling to sit with a group of guys who are all coming together for a common purpose, which is the betterment of their brothers in the lodge, which is our home, our home away from home. That's what they kept saying. This is our home. We need right. to treat it like our home. Yeah, that's right. We have to fix it up. We got to clean it. We got to take care of it like it's our home. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, just my appreciation to our leadership for doing the hard work. Oh, it's uh, so know, refreshing. It's, from, yeah, they did the hard thing, which is the unpopular thing, the uh, the hard yeah. thing, but the very necessary thing. And they did it, and we were able to witness the fruit of that uh, at yes. that meeting, where there was some brotherly love, such positive, and some results. positive stuff going on. So thank you yeah. to uh, to our grandmaster, and for, honestly, for doing the hard work from us, the gladiators in the pit for your entertainment. Uh, when we see the leadership doing accountability. Right. It's really encouraging to us in the pits. Yeah. Uh, we feel, wow, okay, we're part of an organization that takes some pride in itself. Right. Because, uh, like I've always said, you know, if we don't take ourselves seriously, why should anybody else? You know, why should anybody from the outside look at us in a serious way if we don't take ourselves seriously? So, yeah, that was, that was, a, that was a great day for masonry in Florida. It is great because uh, while there were problems, I, apparently I don't know the details, so I can't speak to them. And we wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, it's not my place, but everyone knows the master who was removed and everyone likes him. Uh, I mean, generally, you know yeah. how it is in masonry. No, but not. <laughs> it's hard to find anyone that everybody likes. Uh, right, right. But, but he's, he's still a brother and we still love very, him. Yeah, highly of him, talk well about him. I know he's very welcome there. As he would be in our lodge, uh, we all... Yeah, that's uh, right. He's actually awesome, <laughs> a fun ritualist to do work with, too. Uh, but for whatever reason, this happened, and so it, it's it's a struggle on a group of officers for that kind of a change in situation and the leadership switching that late in the game. It's stressful, but to every uh, everybody else on the outside, you look at a situation like that and you say... This is good. At least we have some standards. At least, I don't know right. what the situation yep. is, but I imagine for the Grand Master to take some action that he took, he had to feel very confident in the decisions he was making. Yep. And I'm sure everybody listening has been in situations where you see people um, in a situation of leadership and you're just wondering, how are they just getting away with this? Right. How is right. nobody and, doing anything and, about this? And nobody's doing anything. I mean, and maybe they are, but to, to you in the pits who don't know anything and just see what you see, it looks a lot like you could do anything. <laughs> no one will touch you. Yeah. Uh, and that's a discouraging, disheartening thing to deal with. So when you see action being taken, it's it does really 
make you perk up a little and walk a little taller uh, when you wear a Masonic pin in public and feel like, yeah, I'm a Mason. We have standards. We have standards, and uh, and we're and we're living by them, you know. And and our hope, uh, this show on the level with Fred and Chris, uh, our hope. Um, I know I speak for you, uh, Chris, when I say that our hope is that all will be restored to brotherly love, uh, yes. um, relief, uh, and truth. It's in our hands that to is, make it happen. That's right. We want we, we want all and, together. And past, the past master, the lodge itself, everybody to uh, to come to terms and let's be stronger uh, over this and move forward. And you know, it things like this are going to happen in the future, and uh, because we're men, we're sure. flawed. You know, we are, we're chipping away on, on those corners, man. But, you know, we're, uh, a perfect Ashlar does not mean flawless. Uh, no. a, a flawless Ashlar is useless uh, for a building because it's too smooth uh, and concrete doesn't stick to it. But a perfect Ashlar, and we've said this on the show before, uh, refers to being useful to the master. And that's what we want to do. Chip away. Chip away, man. Chip it away every day. Work on those things in your life. Uh, that you could do better to help your fellow man, a brother, a brother Mason, and anybody in this world. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and circumscribe those uh, those uh, uh, vices and superfluities of of this life, and and square square your work, man. You know that's my favorite saying. I, I want to say that to everybody, dude. Square your work, man. Come on. I've been a square my whole life. Well, now, no you're, now you're the fourth part of a square, brother. <laughs> the fourth part of a circle. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, just to last thing I'll say about that particular topic is it is, sends a good message to all leadership in masonry in Florida. Uh, when you're in a position of leadership, you are presumed to have done a lot of work on yourself to get to that point. Right. And you're in a position where you're an example for others to follow. We literally say that the master of the lodge is giving light to the craft and yeah, instructs right. them and yeah. work. And uh, so as a worshipful master of the lodge, you're a servant of the lodge and the craft. You are not right. a king. Right. That is not a throne you sit upon. That is a chair <clears throat> that you're warming for the next guy. And that chair belongs to the craft, right. not to you. Uh, you're the person lucky enough to occupy time in the space for time. Your name will go in those books that the secretary's writing in for all the future of your lodge to see what you did. And I know, I, I mean, I myself had unmasonic conduct when I was sitting in the East one day, early on, one of my first meetings, might have been my second meeting, there was a vote uh, to make an honorary member of a past district deputy, and there was a black ball situation which i'm probably not supposed to talk about in detail uh yeah but at all that's not too detailed but uh you know there was a situation that arose that i lost my temper enough to kind of scold my own lodge right right <laughs> and and she said what are you guys doing here uh okay okay well um it wasn't so much what i said as my attitude and you know all that stuff matters i think when you're in leadership especially in a volunteer organization, people are here uh, because they love it. They're not here because they're getting paid. They're not right. here because they're getting any kind of credit. And their their wife's not going to look at them any <laughs> any better because they're doing this stuff. Uh, it really is out of passion and love. And you have to remember that. 
that you're dealing with people that are really passionate about something and they love it. And that means it's theirs in their mind. And you're the leader. It's not yours. Freemasonry isn't yours in your lodge when you're the master to tell everybody to do it your way. It's supposed to be a group of guys working together, trying to find common ground, work together, right? Harmony. Right. How many times do we hear it over and over again in ritual? We hear it every time we open a lodge and every time we close a lodge. Right. It's about harmony. Harm. Yeah, that's right. Man, focus on that if you're a master, if you're thinking about becoming a master, or you're working in the line. Spend your time in the line to work on yourself and learn the systems of Freemasonry better so you can be the best master possible when you get into the East. Yeah, and I think that if if you're a, a passwordful master who, who can look back on his year and say that it was that the lodge benefited from it and, and, and others could say that you had a good year, you did well. Then, then you're you're a special person because it is challenging. Um, there is you must balance like like you were just saying, Chris. You you must be able to balance a need to get things done, a need to be disciplined, with uh, the ability to inspire men um, to follow you down this road, uh, even though they are not required to. There's no, you know, right. it's a volunteer organization. <laughs> they are not required to follow you. They can vote uh, with their feet and they will. Yeah, and they will. And they will. But if you can inspire men uh, through your own conduct uh, and through your rhetoric, you know, your words and your inspiration, uh, then you, you're, you're good at it, man. You're a good leader. Uh, and, and your year will prove that, you know. And anybody who's been a past master can look back on their year and, and, and reflect on hey, what kind of a leader was I, you know, and uh, make the appropriate changes if necessary and or... That's if, the key. If it Make the appropriate... That's the key. It you really is. You have to be is. ready to adapt and uh, change. Even when you're in the East, you have work to do still on yourself, right? Like uh, Absolutely. That mistake I made could have been... It was so early on in my career as the Worshipful Master of the Lodge, it could have really set the tone for the whole year. Right. So my first thought immediately as I was driving home is, how am I going to fix this? <laughs> so I apologized to everybody that was there that night personally. And at the next stated meeting, I apologized again and talked about how I realized that that wasn't the best way to behave. And uh, I hope no one follows my example. And, you know, I think that's the best thing you can do. If you, if you fall, you get back on the wagon. You don't yeah. just keep dragging No, that's the right. Mud. But what you did was a true sign of real leadership. See, because everybody in the lodge who saw and heard that entire thing realized that if the worshipful master is willing to humble himself, admit he was wrong in front of everybody, and work to move forward and better himself and the lodge, then what's my excuse? Right. I'm sitting on the I'm sitting in the sidelines, uh, you know, I'm attending lodge, but what's what's my excuse? I'm holding some some grudge against a brother from a hundred years ago and it's <laughs> yeah. affecting it's affecting my lodge brothers it's affecting other lodges yeah uh you know what probably affecting you personally too and totally to i'm sure affecting you personally um you know and 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 it's just unmasonic yeah it is unmasonic. humility i'm sorry guys but this this is a fraternity where some some humility and self-reflection is in fact required you won't survive uh you'll end up no. with a reputation yeah. like so many like many men have uh in masonry that you you really don't want 
There's nothing wrong with drive and ambition. Yeah, and oh, hard work. we got to have it. We're yeah. men, of course. Yeah. But you have to temper that with some kind of humbleness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, correct yourself as much as possible. Right, right. I love it. I love That's it. That's what it's all about. And we're always doing it. I'm sure even in the grand line, those brothers are making mistakes too, probably. And I hope they're doing the same thing we're trying to do here, which is just correct yourself and be an example of how to handle yourself uh, when you do maybe do something that's not as Masonic as you wish you would have done it, don't leave it alone. Go back and apologize. Be an example for people. I'm able to do it because I saw someone do it, and I was so impressed that I said, I will right. always try to behave like this person because I think it's an avatar of masonry to me when I see someone do like what Doug Dobbs did. Uh-huh. Right, worshipful, worshipful master. Right, Doug worshipful, Dobbs. worshipful. Uh, stand up at a Master Mason Association meeting and say some uncomfortable private things that is not easy to say about his lodge in front of other lodges right. and uh, try to use it for learning so that everyone else can learn lessons. Like, there you go. Now we're doing masonry. We take a negative and we try to turn it into a learning experience and grow. Yeah, that's that's right. And uh, Because we all will fall. We will all make mistakes. And, we and will all let the emotions get the best of us. Sooner or later, it will happen to you, whoever you are. Right. And you set, you set the tone for, for mercy and grace. So, and grace is one of the most powerful forces when, yeah. when understood correctly there is. You set the tone for mercy and grace. Therefore, mistakes can be made yes. uh, without fear of, you know, of, of detrimental reprisal. And in that is where created creativity lives and breathes and grows within an environment of grace and of forgiveness and love to put yourself out there. Um, as a person who thinks he's an artist, (laughs) uh, I, that remains to be seen, but uh, when you put yourself out there creatively with creativity, you're putting a piece of your heart out into the world. And when you do that in an environment where there is love and grace and mercy, um, creativity just flourishes and grows. And from creativity comes great things. And, um, you know, even, even in our lodge, you can see it like the, uh, our charitable, our charity committee. Yeah. They're um, trying they're, a lot. They're trying all kinds of different stuff. And yeah. it's, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're trial and error and, and mm. just working through stuff. And everybody's just like giving each other, you know, a break in love <laughs> to grow and to create and to be be creative you know i think uh the the movie night between the two lodges that's a really good um, example started started that way it was oh, just yeah. an idea it was a big letdown to everybody that first one we i was anticipating four times more people right probably six times more money being made and in reality we had like 60 people show up which i guess you could say is a good number but i was right, expecting right. like 200 and uh, we sold some stuff, and we basically just paid for the costs of the thing, all the expenses. Nobody made any money. And uh, the Pete Wynn was let out of people's sales, but did we let that? Are we nope. like, we're never doing this again. It was a failure. No. We saw how many kids were playing in the park with each other that didn't know each other before. We saw couples coming out with bottles of wine and food to sit and have a picnic outside and watch a movie. Wow. <clears throat> and uh, you know our our brothers and sisters were there with their families, parked in trucks, sitting in the back of the you know the bed, 
watching the movie with pillows and you're like, okay, this is something where this is something that even if we're not making money is doing good, right? Doing yeah. good for our lodges, yeah. doing good for our brothers to work together, doing good for the community. This has to continue. And we have every month since. Yeah. I, I would love to see people take this idea, which is not a, a new idea with us, but, but maybe take away from this show today. Um, that thought, you know, that humility and self-reflection leads to just a, a huge, a huge uh, bounty of good ideas, of uh, just a, a culture of creativity that creates these ideas and, and flourishes and, and, and brotherly love prevails and grows. And this is what makes masonry uh, very unique, um, you know, and I think it's, it's, yeah. it's what's going to bring us into, you know, the future. Um, mm. You know, as we grow, because it, like it says in our promo, uh, if Fred and Chris have anything to say about it, uh, well, then masonry will be on the ascendancy. It will, it will grow, but it, it will become. Mm. That's right. It will come back. Uh, I still think of Seinfeld every time I hear it. Me I don't too. know why. <laughs> <clears throat> or Friends. I don't know. I get them both in there. Anyways, listen. If you've been inspired uh, by listening to us, then 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 go be the change. Go to your lodge and affect some change, uh, yeah. some small thing, some great thing, whatever it is. It's your lodge. Uh, it's your Masonic career. Get out there and build something strong, man. If you start making suggestions and trying things, other people will feel more inclined to do the same. That's right. And failure is a part of success. I don't. People don't talk about that enough. But. Right. Yeah. It's it's because we don't have that that drive. That long suffering. I love that word. Long suffering. Ooh. We we don't. As soon as some we try something, it fails one time, and then we give up. Don't. Give but up. don't that's give up. Learn. Don't give that's up. a learning opportunity. That's right. Why did we fail? What went wrong there? Yeah, that's and right. Then you come back and do something else, and don't make those mistakes again. And right. You'll you'll get to success. And that only survives in that in that environment of love and grace where you're allowed to make a mistake and we're allowed to come back together and say, all right, this worked, that didn't, let's move on, let's be creative, let's make something great happen. So enough of that. What are we, uh, what are we working on uh, this episode? <sighs> we've, gone through, we've gone through a lot. We've gone through the Master Mason, uh, sorry, we've gone through the Mentor's Manual, yes, all completely. three degrees. Um, and then we've gone through the lectures, all three degrees. What we could. Um, what we could, what yeah, we could do. The and, basics. And someday we're, we'll go back to different, we're going to cherry pick out some of the, our favorite concepts uh, in the mentor's manual and dig deeper into them and, uh, and do shows based on that stuff d deeper and deeper. So if you got any particular pieces of the mentor's manual that you really like, maybe, uh, you know, you, you, you really like the teachings uh, about the square, you know, and, or the working tools, of a particular degree or whatever, just shout out to us, uh, email us and let us know and we'll dig into it as best we can or, or maybe bring on guests who know it better than we do and, and we'll, we'll put that out there. But for today, mm -hmm. um, we are going to go through yes. the... Well, once you go through the a degree in Freemasonry and you receive your lecture, it's not over. Uh, the last thing that will happen is you're going to receive a charge and somebody's going to stand there and talk to you and basically give you a charge, which are the last things you're going to hear about that degree before you go home. That's right. So we, we thought we would do the entered apprentice charge. 
Yeah, I like it. Um, now there's charges for all three degrees. They are written out in the uh, blue monitor book in the state of Florida. That is correct. Completely written out. There are no secrets here. There are uh, no but secrets. It actually could. It can be read mm-hmm. from uh, during the. Uh, a lot of lodges they do read it because right. they don't have someone who's. They're not lucky enough to have someone have memorized it. Well, and I think it's it's it says that it may be read. I think maybe because it's so important. It does say in the mentor's manual that it should always be done, and it should always be done by memory if you if you're lucky enough to have a brother in the room that that has that it right? memorized. But uh, it is okay as a last resort to read it. Understood. It actually so, says that in the mentor's manual. I'm assuming that you do have it memorized. I have at some point in my life. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I have it here in front of me. We can. So we, do you want to do you want to recite it or do you want me to read it? That's the question. Well, and don't feel. All right. All right. Go and and I I will correct you if necessary, uh, as you as you go. All right. The entered apprentice charge, as recited by worshipful Chris Burns. See that first sentence, my brother, as you are now introduced into the first principles of Freemasonry. I congratulate you on being accepted into this ancient and honorable fraternity. Darn close. Not even close? Darn close. I congratulate you on your admission into this ancient and honorable order. Keep going. Ancient as having existed from time immemorial. Honorable honorable as? Standing in every particular. So to render all men who will be conformable to its precepts. You know, this is the same but different. And the same I'm as desperately well. searching this page to find the word Florida Grand Lodge. <laughs> I'm not finding oh. it. And I'm just hoping, I'm hoping that uh, this is a Florida document in front of me. Gosh, we really are not professionals. All right. What so, do you mean a Florida document? Well, uh, it. It's very close, but there are di- the words are a little bit different. So I don't know oh, if you're oh. you're never this off. No, I I think what I'm saying is correct. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Enter- Generally, entertain as I grab the monitor. Oh, entertain. Yes, the monitor. Oh, you have a monitor with you. There you go. So what you're saying is you had brought you had printed this out and brought it, and you're not entirely sure you got this from Florida. I when I first became a mason uh, in the entered apprentice degree. Uh, we were not my group that came through. We were we were pushed through. We've talked about this on the show. Uh, we were pushed through pretty pretty quickly. So my ende- I endeavored to go back and and research and learn everything myself. And this is the first document I got offline and uh, the entered apprentice charge. But I went back uh, shortly after and realized a bunch of the documents that I did download were from Texas. And I'm just wondering if this is the entered apprentice charge from the fair state, once great state, uh, of Texas. So let me do this. I'm going to look up, as Chris entertains you, doing a great job there too, brother. Thanks, Uh, man. I appreciate that. (laughs) Page 61 of the monitor. Oh, boy. This is great. Love it. So in the first paragraph, we're saying it's ancient as having existed from time immemorial. Well, keep in mind that Texas uh, Freemasonry is ancient and accepted masonry. Well, I'm for sure that that's in our Florida ritual. 
Uh, no, I mean it's not free and accepted masonry. It's ancient. An, it's ancient. Whatever the Could difference be. is, D- uh, Colorado as well. I, I just found out. Um, all right, so I'm going to put this away and I'm going to read it directly from our little blue book, the Florida Masonic Monitor. Let's start again, brother. What do you say? Now read it from the blue monitor, brothers. You as you are now introduced into the first principles of Freemasonry, I congratulate you on being accepted into this ancient and honorable order. Very different. All right, go. Ancient as... Having existed from time immemorial, honorable as tending in every particular, so to render all men who will be conformable to its precepts. No institution was ever raised on a better principle or on a more solid foundation, nor were ever more excellent rules and useful maxims laid down as are inculcated in the several Masonic lectures. The greatest and best of men in all ages have been encouragers and supporters of the art and have never deemed it derogatory to their dignity to level themselves with the fraternity, extend their privileges, and patronize its assemblies. There are three great duties, which is a mason you are charged to inculcate. So um, I'm really surprised at at how how similar. Yeah, when I looked at it, I said, yeah, that looks right. Yeah. But the details are wrong. Well, it's just the words... And and structure is different, but the intent is exactly the same. Yeah. So, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So right at the beginning, we're saying Freemasonry is ancient as having existed from time immemorial. Right. So what does time immemorial mean? Ancient as having existed from time immemorial and honorable as tending in every particular. Um, time immemorial. According to the Oxford Language Dictionary, means used to refer to a point in, of time in the past that was so long ago that people have no knowledge or memory of it. So we're saying Freemasonry has existed from before recorded history. Right now, we we had a we we talked last last show or the show before about how Pythag- Pythagoras mm-hmm. was a Mason, uh, and. Well, um, his ideas are part of masonry. I don't know if he was a mason. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think we said that. That would be that would be from time. That would be from a long, long time be. ago. Yeah, uh, but but I think even even though what we 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 can we can clearly track masonry to about three hundred and fifty years ago, uh, where you have actual imperial empirical evidence. Seventeen seventeen. Seventeen seventeen. When the Grand Lodge officially became. A public thing in England, uh, right, right. So, um, and but and that's not time immemorial. That's well, time based on that definition, it could be because it's it's tough. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to know two hundred years ago what was on the minds and intentions of 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 people. You, I mean, it's it's tough to you know go two hundred years back. So, um, I I think time. I think it it is. Having existed from time and memorial, in other words, it's it's ancient. Having existed from time and memorial, the explanation of ancient is it's not eight thousand years old, but it's ancient in that it goes back far enough to where, um, where it's it's been memorialized, mm. um, you know, in its in it, in what it is. So I, I know, for instance, um, the the degree that I went through here in Florida, is basically the same degree that General George Washington went through when he did his, mm, right? Yeah and, and, yeah, and the one he did... But that was in the 1700s? In, 
would uh well when he was a young man yeah. i know that that he did it 1776 he was an old man so probably yeah probably very early uh from 17 in the early 1700s is when he would have done that and i'm sure he was able to look back on masons if had he looked into the craft you know he was able to look back to the brothers in scotland and 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 other places you see them online all the time these these yeah. things that pop up about masons from long long ago so yeah. i think that's what it is. it's 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 memorialized in that's what we mean by ancient we don't mean i don't think anybody says that king solomon was a mason okay <laughs> maybe there are some people who say that but we use the you know king solomon and solomon's temple and the teachings of king solomon uh, right. In masonry, uh, very you know, d- we use it a lot. I mean, it's a it's a huge part of our teaching. Um, yeah, a lot the, of moral lessons. The come moral from lessons and the allegories, characters and, in the Old Testament. Correct, correct. But nobody is saying that you know that Hiram Abiff, uh, the king of Tyre, were were masons who they, went through the same they EA degree that I went through. Yeah. Right, right. Nobody's saying that. <laughs> Took obligations right. and heard these charges. So I think what that's doing is it's explaining what they mean by ancient. Well, what's interesting, I just looked on Wikipedia. Oh, good. And time immemorial, there's actually a date for, according to English law. They've assigned a date and said after that date, it's it's a memorial. And after this date, it's common law. So time immemorial is frequently used to describe the time required for a custom to mature into common law. Medieval historians describe this as the watershed between a primarily oral culture and a world where writing was common oh so in english law time immemorial ends and legal memory begins at 1189 why 1189 does it say it's the end of the reign of king henry ii okay who was uh, associated with the invention of the english common law okay so common law so oral law oral tradition common written law okay apparently in england that's the delineation 1189 and uh I, I don't know. I don't know. No, that, well. If they're that specific in their reference here to time immemorial, but I've well, always been curious about it. Well, you know, the, the, the classic education through Aristotle, which is, you know, Plato and, and Socrates and, and all of them, there, were, there was no writing. As a matter of fact, that's why Socrates was rejected and ultimately, um, ultimately he, his, he lost his life over the fact that he was teaching children how to read Mm. right and because everything was oral tradition it was all handed down just like we do in masonry we hand these things down through oral tradition Um, you memorize your parts that you do from somebody else who's done them before you this is oral tradition Um, but but when when there was a shift it was a major shift in society uh, in the world regarding education when we went from those oral traditions that were handed down by orators, uh, these were great men who came to your town and spoke these words and you took them home in your memory and taught them to your children and the people in your community to where now we had scribes writing these things down yeah, and then passing them down through, through writing. And of course the scribe was uh, taken from, you know, from uh, Jewish history is where the scri- scribes came from. And that becoming so it makes sense that around 1100 ish, 
according to, to 1189 according yeah. to 1189 <laughs> but it's all tied to law so they're saying that's the year where we had our first law that was produced by a leader and written down and recorded right. as a law right prior to that all laws were just based on society and oral tradition you know common law so right. we have common law marriage which is like oh you live together long enough ah you're married yeah, that's a that's, that's like, a modern definition of of it. But yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's different than the law where you've got to go fill out a document because somebody said this is the procedure that has to happen in order for a marriage to take place. So I, that's interesting. 1189. I have an answer. No institution was ever raised on better principles or more solid foundations. Mm. Nor were ever more excellent rules and useful maxims laid down than are inculcated in the several Masonic lectures, which we just went through. Very true. Yeah, very true. And if, if again, we just admonish everyone out there to, um, to uh, open up your, uh, your books and read the, uh, the lectures and study them and understand them. If you want to understand Masonry um, and what it's trying to do for you and what, it, what you should be doing for your lodge and your community and your faith... Um, then that's where you'll find most of it. You'll find it in those lectures. Yeah, you want to be the best Mason possible? Learn the lectures. Yeah, and it's it's like I always say, know what you believe and why you believe it. Well, that's where you go to find that out. So, and and the, the why is the really important part of that. Why do I believe that? Why am I a Mason? What, Not willing what? to learn the lectures? Don't fall asleep when you go see them in degrees. Listen. Yeah, you'll well, learn, that's you'll learn something. Well, that's what I'm doing. Every time I hear a lecture, um, the next day I read it. So that it mm. just comes right back into my mind. And I'm finding that and just can, by, by being exposed to this and then, and then exposing myself to reading it afterwards, I'm, I'm just, it's just becoming part of my memory. Yeah. Um, I'm, not one, I'm not real good at sitting down and purposely memorizing stuff. Um, I'm just not good at that. But, I'm not either. Yeah, that's, that's not me. But the more I'm exposed to it, uh, being done in front of me and then reading it, you know, those two gates, the the ear gate uh, and the eye and mind gate, which is reading, right? Uh, you get you get better and better. And I don't know why we went down that particular <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, these great, the greatest <clears throat> and best of men in all, in all ages, ages have, have been encouragers and promoters of the art. What art? We call uh, Freemasonry our art. It's a craft that we perfect. As right. artisans, yeah, I, and I, I, yeah, I, I like that because I, I loved it. when I first came to masonry and they called it the craft. Um, that really resonated with me, you know, that it's a, it's a craft. In my mind, I heard witchcraft. Oh, really? When I, when they would say craft, and it was kind of like a, a turned me off when they said craft. I was like, mm, that seems weird, huh? But I've learned it does has nothing to do with witchcraft. No, it, it's, it's a skill. <laughs> It's a learned skill. Craft, it's a yeah. skill you continue to learn and use Arts to build and crafts. Right. It That's doesn't right. mean witchcraft. It means crafts. That's things right. that you do with skill. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have encouragement part of the art. And have never deemed it derogatory to their dignity to level themselves with the fraternity, extend their privileges, and patronize their assemblies. So they're, they're saying the greatest men in all ages have been Freemasons, and they didn't find it. A bad thing to sit and lodge with brothers and not be held to the titles and privileges they had in the world outside the lodge. They right. had no problem sitting with their brothers as just a brother. 
And if they had time and money, they gave it. And if they could make it to the meetings, they went. Uh, because that's the that's what we do. That's how we show our love for the fraternity. We do things that maybe aren't the most fun and exciting things to do, but we do it for the lodge, yeah. for our lodge, for the craft. That's how we can give back. Yeah, I love that. They never deemed it derogatory to their dignity to yeah. level themselves with the fraternity. That's right. Whoever you are, whoever you were. Washington's great example. One great of the example. greatest yep. men in all ages. Yep. And he had no problem sitting in lodge with brothers. Whether yeah. he was the master or an officer or just a past master on the sidelines, I'm sure it was tough to sit and lodge with George Washington uh, and not feel like, uh, wow, look at this guy. Well, I, I think he was, well, I don't, I don't know the exact dates, and I'm sure this is a, 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 a point of contention amongst Masons, but from what I understand, he was, he was raised to, uh, he was introduced to Masonry as a young man. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and then would have been, uh, a master Mason as he went into his career, his military career would have brought Masonry in with him. We should do a whole podcast on the creation of our country and the players. Oh, I would love that. That were Masonic and where some of the key things happened, which there's some great books out there. Yeah. There's some really great books out there too. And guys that have, have done some of the, the research, maybe we'll get with them and try to put together a series about this Masonic experiment um, that was uh, put together by these men. Uh, we know their names. And we do. S- some of us know of their history and their, their lives and stuff, but uh, do, we, do we know truly about, you know, why they, why were they Masons? You know, what, what was the importance of Masonry in the lives of Patrick Henry? Uh, and and these you know these men who risked everything they lost everything they imagine lost if their somebody fortunes, everything over what they did sat down with them spent some time interviewing them right. asking questions why right. did you join how did you learn about this as a child like wow that would be incredible to be able to hear read that interview yeah that's right which is why you're going to hear us interviewing leaders that's uh, right so that we can learn about their history and why they're here and, and maybe we should once in a while. You know, the inspiring young Mason, we should interview them in case they go on to be a great That's world true. leader, right? They can look back and be an embarrassment at their early interviews. And be an embarrassment. <laughs> like, why on earth did I ever get hooked up with those two knuckleheads? There are three great duties which, as a Mason, you are charged to inculcate. To God, your neighbor, and yourself. To God and never mentioning his name, but with that reverential awe which is due from a creature to its creator to implore his aid in all your laudable undertakings and to esteem him as the chief good. Uh, That's so good. Um, There's a lot there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me confess something. Um, So, uh, you know, everyone knows my, my particular religious background and um, you know, taking the Lord's name in vain is an interesting an interesting concept, you know, and this is what it's talking about. Using God's name needlessly or disrespectfully uh, is never a good idea. And, and it's, it's been a struggle of mine for my whole life, Christian life. And it's really been, you know, and it's, it's something that, you know, the, the Jews, they, they had a, uh, a custom where they would not pronounce God's word fully, God's name fully, which is Yahweh, which means I am or the great I am, but well, they, they just, would pronounce it Yah. To speak of God's name in that time period was 
especially like it was uncommon, right? Like you didn't say the name because it had such power to it. Well, they 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 would not speak his name because of his greatness. In honor of him, they would not uh, speak his full name. So instead of Yahweh, they would say Yah. This is the the name that that they would use because they held it in such high esteem. And uh, and we're encouraged as well not to use that name uh, in any way that is dishonoring, you know. And and as Americans, um, in my mind, for me, this is this is my opinion. Um, I was using that name in all the wrong ways, you know. And then the funny thing is, is that when I saw this in Masonry, um, <laughs> I don't get it. But uh, it was coming to Masonry and reading this and seeing this charge. And having that charge read to me, I guess, and my obligation, you know, to uphold the precepts and concepts of masonry, it has it has made the difference for mm. me, and I have found my language to be much different uh, with regard to you know my the the way I I want to honor God's name in my life, you know, mm. and I just think that's it's that's a testimony to you know how the the concepts and precepts of masonry will make you a better fill in the blank, husband, uh, you know, father, uh, and for me, churchman, you know, it, it's making me a better Christian uh, because the concepts that I see in here are, are easily applied to one's life or easily understood, maybe not easily applied, but certainly <clears throat> easily understood in their concepts so that one who wants to apply these concepts to their life can do so fairly easily. I was just reading about taking the Lord's name in vain that you were talking about. Yes. Again, on Wikipedia. And uh, it, what it does say is that the most common interpretation from the biblical perspective yeah. is, of one of the Ten Commandments, right, the second. is the second of the Ten Commandments? Yes, I believe okay. so. First Ooh, or second. You're really putting yourself out there. Second. It's the second. Do not, <laughs> use, do not take the Lord's name in vain. He will not uh, hold him guiltless. Well, what the most common interpretation is that it's— Invoking God's name in an oath was considered a guarantee of statement or a promise. Correct. So uh, they're saying don't like swear on God's name and lie because that's really bad. Right, right. Using, right, getting angry and using the phrase GD um, is certainly not, it's not appropriate. Okay, I'm not saying that, but what you're talking about is the true definition of it. Yeah, you, which is the, it was, a, it was a guarantee of truthfulness if you right. spoke his name. Uh, right. So, and the, the Lord said uh, in the Beatitudes that you have heard it said, um, oh boy, now I can't even remember it. Anyways, at the, well, in the book of, I think what you're talking about is the book, in the books of Daniel and Revelation include instances where angels actually swore uh, using God's name um, to invoke uh, the truth of apocalyptic revelations. So they would say, God said something, and then they'd say that. And so that was like a qualifier of truth on what they said. God himself is presented uh, swearing by his own name, yeah. as surely because as I live. Because there's no other name higher for him to swear by but his own. To guarantee certain the certainty of certain events that were foretold by the prophets. So even in uh, even from God and angels, they use his name as, as we do when we swear an oath. Uh, that what we're about to say is truthful and you can take it to the bank. Uh, but I think what you referenced was more of what the Hebrew passages refer to and God's name being profaned by hypocritical behavior of people. 
and false representation of God's word or character. So in that sense, they're saying taking the Lord's name in vain means you're saying it, presenting yourself to be a true and correct follower, but you're not acting like a true and correct follower of the God that you, whose name you use to try to convince people you're a good person. Right. I found it. Let me, let me, let me read it. So it, it's on oaths. And it says, again, you have heard it said of old, and this is talking about the second commandment, you shall not swear falsely. And that's the yeah, interpretation you of it. You, won't, you shall not swear falsely, because that is taking the Lord's name in vain. That's an interpretation of the But original. I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool. It is his footstool. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of a great king. Do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. L- let, let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. So in other words, don't make oaths. Uh, I'll swear I'll do this. I'll swear just yes or no and mean it. <laughs> be truth, be honest and truthful. You know, it, and, and there's no reason for an oath. Because you know, you know as well as I do, when somebody's really swearing it up, Oh man, I will do it. I promise. I'll get it done. I'll do it. You know the chances are pretty good they're not gonna because they're just over saying it. But when someone says, "Hey, I need you to do this," and they say, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do it," and they do it, right? That's that's because it was. There's no reason to say have an oath. There's no reason to make a big deal of it. Yeah, I'm gonna right. Do it. What, what? Yeah, okay. Sure. But it was common and still is common right. to use the utterance of a deity's name as a guarantee of truthfulness. Right. And what happens over time, which is what happened and at this time when these words were said, is that the oath was meaningless because over time it becomes yeah. just a meaningless phrase. Right. You know, I, I swear by the you know the God of all this, that, and the other that I will do this, and then you don't do it, and nobody cares. <laughs> You know, well, because, that's, because it's yeah. ancient and it's this is what people always say and it doesn't mean a thing. And I think that's what this statement is saying. Don't don't get involved in that. Do what you say. Here's an interesting bit from uh, Wikipedia about the Temple of Solomon's dedication in this topic. Such, nice. Such oaths may have been used in civil claims regarding supposed theft, for example, and the commandment is repeated in the context to be honest dealings with people. Between the people in Leviticus 19.12, at one point of the account of the dedication of the Temple of Solomon, Solomon praised Yahweh, asking him to hear and act upon curses uttered in a dispute that are then brought before his altar to distinguish between the person in the right and the one in the wrong. So even Solomon was employing these tactics in his court, which is fascinating. Um. But you do hear uh, a lot uh, taking Lord's in name in vain, and I think most people that I grew up with and that I know take it to mean don't curse, like you said, Satan. Yeah, don't oh, GD it, like right. Don't use it, and and it's just in general, don't use God's name for for anything. Um, is what the charge is saying that doesn't honor Him, right? And using His name as a cuss word doesn't honor Him. Using His name as a guarantee that you probably will not complete is dishonoring. Um, it, I think, oh, and people don't think about what they're saying when you say right. "damn something" or "damn someone." That's pretty rough language yeah. you're using. <laughs> and that that came from the in the revolutionary time. It was "GD the king," because the okay. saying was "God save the king." Oh, I see. See, okay. and they're they're discussed with the with King George, and they're they're they were done with King George and his abuses and insurpations or or. or 
ERPs, uh, what Usur- word is it? Usurping? Usurpations. Uh, it's in the Constitution. Um, they were sick and tired of him. So their, their response to that statement, um, you know, God save the king or God bless the king was God, God the damn king. that king. Right, right. <laughs> so, and that's where that comes from. Interesting. Um, but it's still, all of it is not taking a moment to think, well, I'm not going to use God's name in that, in that way. He is the grand architect of all things. Uh, he sustains me and blesses me every day with all the good things that I have in my life. Why would I do that? You know, that's the consideration that one should have, in my opinion. Listen to us sinners talking about God in the Bible and trying to act right. Dang us. I know, right? Well, horrible people. We're we're Masons, and (laughs) Masonry is a works-based idea. We we work um, to do good. We want to do good, you know? And and depending on where you come from, from your faith, there's all kinds of cool conversations you can have about that. But we'll Uh, save those for next time. To God, in never mentioning his name, but with that reverential awe which is due from a creature to his creator to implore his aid in all your laudable undertakings and to esteem him as the chief good to your neighbor and acting upon the square and doing unto him as you would he should do unto you and to yourself and avoiding all irregularity and intemperance which may impair your faculties and debase the dignity of your profession a zealous attachment to these duties will lead to public and private esteem. That that's great. That's just so good, right? Isn't uh, that another one of the Ten Commandments? Doing unto those uh, as he would they. Well, that's what it's in Matthew. It's in the, what's known as the brothers. Beatitudes. Um, it is. That's not a commandment. Well, it's the it's part of the Shema. I think. Um, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength, mind, and yourself, and the and love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. Yes. So it's part of what's known as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Uh, you shall serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, and with all your will, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the Lord took that in the New Testament and, and, and took it, I don't know if you want to say to the next level, but, but certainly uh, emphasized it, that you, you, you are to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, which is just such a perfect saying. And in general, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Same, same concept. That's right. Don't it's, screw it's, somebody over if you don't want to get screwed over yourself. And, and what does it say about you, right? If you, if you don't love your neighbor, well, then you don't love yourself, right? So on the negative side, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you can't love your neighbor, you got a problem with yourself first and foremost, you know? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. How do you want, are you always getting ripped off by people? Are you always being lied to? Is there always some kind of drama in your life? Well, I don't know. Maybe you ought to take a look in the mirror. Maybe some self-reflection might be a course of action for you, brother. Or I'm saying this to myself. I'm literally looking in the mirror as I say this uh, to myself as well. Self-reflection. That's uh, that should be the word of the day. That could be the word of the sh- of this show. Self-reflection. self-reflection. Well, there you go. There are three great duties, which is Masons. We are charged to inculcate: honor our God, honor our neighbor, honor ourself. Right. Yeah. And um, in avoiding all irregularities and intemperance, which may impair your faculties or debase the dignity of your profession. Here we are with the superfluities of life, gambling, drinking, smoking. Yeah. Uh, extramarital activities. These are all things that can 
impair your faculties and debase the dignity of your profession. And the profession being that, hey, I, I'm a mason. Yeah. And uh, really, you're a mason, but you're. I saw you online doing yeah, this thing. I saw thing. you at the casino last night uh, yeah. for about 18 hours. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and that that is, you know, we could go down that road and step on a lot of toes, but we would suffice it to say, brother, if you're listening to this, if you're a Mason and you're listening to this, and you have, and, and things are coming up in your mind that uh, maybe negative things that are going on in your life, there's a reason for that. And maybe you need to explore that a little deeper and have some self-reflection <laughs> regarding these issues, because, you know... Uh, masonry is it's a men's club if we don't actually work to change our lives yeah you know and uh, that's that's what it that's what it does it changes our lives for me this is all academic because all of this is part of has been a part of my life for the last 35 years Mm -hmm. is 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 working to 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 do that which is in my heart to do i want to be um, the most honest man I can be. I want to treat my brothers with respect. I want to love my neighbor as myself. I desire to do it. I can't always do it. I have to struggle through and, and rely on God for his, his favor, his grace, and his empowerment. But if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, if we're saying that, uh, let's see, let me read that again. Some of the things that you're doing could in fact uh, debase the dignity of your profession, brother. If that's if something's coming up in your head right now, well, then I think maybe it's something that God would have you review uh, and maybe make some changes in your life. Sorry, man, but uh, that's just that's well, that's see, masonry, man. You see how awesome these charges are, right? Oh, I know, it's right? Like here we go. We're laying out the core of it for you. This is going to be the last thing you hear. We want you to have a concise view of Freemasonry when you leave the building here as an entered apprentice. Great men have done this before you. Any man who's willing to act like a mason can be a mason. And hey, respect your God, respect your neighbor, and most importantly. You need to respect yourself. You need to respect yourself. Show right, and, and that's a that's a great saying, man. Respect yourself. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> respect yourself before you wreck yourself. It's like it's like the kid that's always getting bullied, you know. And uh, there's there's no excuse for bullies. Every bully should have his day, and uh, there's that uh, people should have always bullies eventually get stood up to by somebody who's bigger than them, and then they go away. But the man... Or even more respectful. That, somebody smaller than them stands up to Right? That the man that allows himself to be bullied year after year, over and over again, the, the admonishment is, man, respect yourself. Show some, where's your self-respect? Uh, okay, well, if I, if I stand up to him, he'll, he'll hurt me. It's like, yeah, all right. But where's your self-respect? You know, you might have to take it. <laughs> yeah. But where's your self-respect, man? You know, right is right. Stand yeah. up, stand up, brother. It's true. You know, I, I we talked about this. I, I uh, my dad wasn't around, and no men were around, and uh, I got most of my values from Star Trek. Right? Oh Sounds yeah, right. I ridiculous. love this story. Sounds ridiculous. No, it's, but it's totally not. cool. Uh, like I rewatched and rewatched <laughs> and rewatched these men, and it really formed in my mind at a young age. This is how people, real men, act. So when I was in high school, I was going to St. Cloud High School. And I'm from New York. I'm from Buffalo. And I'm in St. Cloud, Florida. And uh, I moved around a lot. I don't know if we were in witness protection or what. I I mean, I moved at least once a year. So I was always a new guy. I had no friends. Uh, And you learn to watch people and observe. And every day I'd ride home on the bus and there was this mentally challenged kid who'd sit in the front uh, 
we called them retarded back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Which you don't do today. Uh, but it has a negative connotation. But it is, I think, an actual medical term. It is. Retardation. Right. Mental retardation. Yeah. That's correct. And uh, so this, um, this little uh, kid used to sit next to him and mess with him every day. Poke at him, you know, steal his stuff. And no one ever said anything. And I don't know why that was. <laughs> uh to me, I was like, this can't stand. So I, I smacked this kid in the back of the head one day. I was sitting behind him, and I said, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? No, I said a little guy, okay? He, right. I was bigger than him. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> I wasn't a big guy either. I was skinny, very skinny. Uh, and he said, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you. I said, you know where I am? I'm right here every day. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about like seventh grade. Okay, okay. And the next day, this kid comes on with his two big cousins. Of course. Sit right behind me. And, you know, it's not long before they're all punching me from behind, you know, the back of the seat. And I don't know what to do. I'm not a fighter. I'm not an aggressive person. So I I just threw a punch because I thought I'm in a fight. I better punch, right? Right, right. And I get one guy in the gut. Oh. And the other two are coming at me so hard. I just cover my head and kind of ball up like a turtle. And that was my first fight. I think I threw one punch. I think I hit a guy, maybe. And uh, we all get pulled off the bus and into the principal's office. And I am expelled from the school. Oh, no. No conversation. Everyone saw that I was in a fight. Everyone was expelled. The three of us were. Okay, okay. Four of us. There were three of them. That was back in the day when everyone got expelled. Oh, there was no discussion. I was just expelled. Um, And I said, wait, I was defending myself. And the guy said, that's not how you defend yourself. You're supposed to try to subdue the combatant. I said, there's three of them. (laughs) How do you subdue three guys? Krav Maga. They don't want to hear that stuff. I just got expelled. But I got expelled from that school because I tried to do the right thing. Right. Yeah. My mother never saw that, obviously. She right. couldn't understand that. But in my mind, I always saw that as a point of pride for myself. It is a point of pride, brother. I wish I would have fought harder because I was a big bitch and I went out like a little, you know, I got my ass beat. Uh, actually, one of the guys broke his hand on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you broke his hand with your head. Uh, he Sweet. did it for me. <laughs> Heads tend to be hard. It's not hard to break something on it. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you need to stand up for what's right, regardless of the consequences sometimes. And the consequences aren't high in the, at that age. Like, how bad could it be? Oh, you got, People you got weren't carrying school, man. guns and knives back then. You know, it right. wasn't like that. Uh, we just fought each other. <laughs> right. No, it's so true. It's like so real true. men. Yep. <laughs> we just punched each other in the face. Now it's like you got to worry that somebody's going to have a gun or a semi-automatic weapon or a knife or whatever the hell they've got on them these days. I don't think any kid should probably do that uh, because it's far more dangerous today than it was when we were a kid. Right. But you still got to try to find a way to stand up for what's right. You have to. Correct. And probably the right thing is to tell on them to the superiors. That's probably the right thing to do, not take it into your own hands. Correct. And just a side note, unless it's a bolt action or a revolver, it's a semi-automatic. All guns, almost all guns are semi-automatic. I should have said automatic. (laughs) Those are illegal, right? Uh, Depends on who you are, but yes. Ah, okay. Let's continue. We're doing really good here. Now, we're an hour and seven minutes in. What do you say, Chris? You want to... You want to park this oh, till, no, till no. next week, or you want to keep going? No, we're, we're, there's only a few more good points here, and the next one is one of them. So we talked about Freemasonry, we talked about yourself, and now we're talking about what about the government? How are you supposed to behave towards your government? In the state, you are to be... Go for it. Okay. 
in the state, you are to be a quiet and peaceful citizen, true to your government and just to your country. You are not to palliate. You are not to con. You are not to condensate. Oh, um, do you know that word? I I can't pronounce it this morning. You are not to countenance disloyalty. Count, count, thank you. You are not to countenance disloyalty or rebellion, but but patiently submit to legal authority and confirm with cheer with cheerfulness to the government of the country in which you live. In your outward demeanor, be particularly careful to avoid censure and reproach. So this is yeah. an interesting idea here. Um the uh, Freemasonry is very concerned with being a good citizen of your country, or well, loyalty to the government, um, to the governmental system as it as it was as it as it was designed. So, in other words, we have a constitutional republic, or had a constitutional republic. I am loyal to the concept of the Constitution of the United States under a constitutional republic. We don't currently have one. Okay. We we well, don't. It we, says to conform to the government of the country in which you live, whatever it is. Mm, I think it's talking about necessarily only America and our system of government. Well, that's true. I guess if you're, you know, if you live in Scotland, yeah. you're subject to the crown, yeah, uh, and parliament, sure, and you have no rights to free speech. But here we have a right to free speech, and we also have an obligation to hold to the principles of our founding documents. So for me, loyalty to this country is my resistance to uh, any authority that assumes it can, it can take apart the Constitution of the United States, especially the concept of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right. and that all laws are, are granted to us by God. All laws and all privileges don't come from us from government. They come to us from God. So my rights... Um, to pursue, you know, life, liberty, and and happiness, um, don't come from the government. They don't grant those rights to me. Those rights are given to me because I was born here, and that God is the one granting them. That that yeah. concept. That's a very Masonic idea. That's it's in a our constitution. Very very Masonic idea, and it is part of the, the. It is the crux of the Constitution of the United States. So the the argument, if you will, would be. Okay, so we are as Masons to, you know, to be loyal uh, and true to our government, to be quiet and peaceful citizens and true to the government. Which government? The the one that we were granted the by our Masonic brothers of the country in or which the, you live, or says. the one or the one that has been taken apart for the destruction of our country. And and as a Mason, oh, yeah. I'm supposed to sit back. <laughs> that is our that is our government right now. It, it is. It is I absolutely. Think, I don't think you're supposed to sit back. I think that we are encouraged to participate in a positive change, um, getting involved and doing everything <laughs> within your legal rights to try to fix things is an obligation I think we have as citizens and as Masons. Well, when when the government is the chief lawbreaker of the land, then what do you do? What happens when plunder um, <laughs> becomes legal? Government plunder of the citizenry becomes legal. I'm just asking this kind of so, hypothetically yeah. so we can have the conversation. I'm not trying to force it, my opinion on anything it here. It does open up some interesting doors because people are able to justify almost anything by interpreting things, right? Yeah, I've that's seen true. it in everything from church to masonry. In masonry, we have this digest that, ha, 
you could spin that thing nine ways to Sunday, Absolutely. depending on how you want to look at it. Um, and here's another good example. We're supposed to be true to our government and just to our country, be quiet, peaceful citizens, right? But you're right. How far do you go with that? Because our founding fathers intended our government to be run in a certain way, and we continually change it over time, but that makes it a legal change. And technically, it is the law of the land that they can plunder us and do all this stuff to us. So how far do we go in being quiet and cheerful? Well, um, I, I think that the way they set it up is that the, the Supreme Court can, it, can interpret everything based on the Constitution. So the highest court in the land has to go back to the constitutional precepts that were originally laid down. That's kind of the same thing in, in, in Masonry. Mm. If you look at Masonry, we hand down through, through memory and through proficiencies these concepts um, yeah. th- that we hand down. And if, if, if by chance we get off along the way, we have open books every other every other weekend at, at a lodge where the actual books are there and those books don't change they're old they've been around forever and ever and they don't change so if we as a lodge get off track we go back to our documents which clearly show us how to get back on track the same thing is the constitution of the united states is the same thing it's a it's a it's a compact an agreement between states um, that that this is the way things will be this is the concepts and ideas. And individual liberty is the crux of the entire idea. So you can make up all these laws. Well, you can come with all these amendments. But as soon as the average citizen no longer has the right to live his life apart from some government plunder, then we have to go back, like just like in Masonry, to open books and find out where we went wrong and make those corrections. Is that not right? Yeah, I mean, we kind of do a light version of that. We have a Pledge of Allegiance that we force kids to pass through time and memorize, uh-huh. and they learn and recite, which says, we're one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. But then we go out and do the opposite of that. Well, we there's a phrase in there. to limit people's liberties. We seek to limit justice for others in favor of liberties for us and justice for us. Right. Because Not for all. Right. We don't well, focus on all. No, because we've gone from a constitutional representative republic to a democracy. And of course, democ- as, as Plato said uh, in his writings on, on republics, that every democracy has built within it its own demise. And that is that is that. Well, yeah, people. Ev- well, eventually, <laughs> they're all made up a of people. smaller and smaller group of people will gather more and more money and power to themselves yeah. until they become a tyrannical leadership. Well, that's the answer. Sound familiar, anybody? Be involved. Get educated. Participate. Because if you do those things, they can't take it from you. Yeah, I, I hold to the doctrine of the lesser magistrate anymore. So the lesser magistrate would be your local government. Um, that thing that you can actually control. And, and what I mean by local government is, you know, you and I sitting here together um, and maybe uh, Schaefer and Cooney, we have a little, a little group of people that we're starting, mm-hmm. um, uh, the cigar and whiskey cl- um, unit at mm-hmm. the shrine, okay? That's a small little government. Uh, and that little government, that little magistrate um, governs itself and creates its own, its own bylaws and rules. And it's, one of the things is that it's dedicated to is taking care of each other. Yeah. Making sure that we always take care of each other. 
So to me, the lesser magistrate, no matter how small or, or maybe all the way up to the county seat, is really where I want to focus because that's something I can change. I cannot change the direction of this insane globalized government system. It is out of control and it is crashing and burning before our very eyes. I've removed myself from any real real work in that area only because my time, in my opinion, is better spent loving and caring for the brother sitting right across from me. I'm prepared to help any of my brothers whom I know and know me in any way I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really where it begins for me as far as yeah. being a good citizen. Sure. I would agree with that. And, uh, you know, if you're going to participate in politics and you're a Mason, maybe come back and read the charges and listen to the lectures a please. little bit before yeah. you make decisions. And please, about if you're going to comment you're gonna support. on Facebook... Please read them first <laughs> before you go out there. We had a conversation in Open Lodge the other a uh, couple months ago about that, and a brother stood up trying to defend uh, his, you know, his right to say bad things on Facebook. And it's like, yeah, it's like, brother, you, you just don't have a right to. Well, ins- he's saying it's a free speech thing. Yeah, and uh, you do have the right to say whatever you want, but you don't have the right to be a Mason. That's something that's granted you from right. Grand Lodge. <laughs> and I, I, I like I like the saying that you have a right to speak, but you don't have a right to be heard. So just because you're speaking it doesn't mean I'm required to listen to it. The thing and, is, like, I like to hear different points of view. Me too. I, I love really it. Like it's it's what makes sides. life great. When I see a news article, I go look at sources that I intentionally know a lot of people are looking at that I don't look at to see what they're saying about it. So I can understand when I have a conversation, I want to be intelligent and hear what they're going to think about it. Uh, But here's the thing. We cannot, as Masons, go out and say derogatory negative things about people we don't know. No, that's that's right. That's the issue I think you're raising is to to have a conversation, express your ideas Masonically. It's good to have an idea. Uh, about politic politics, it's good to have ideas about your country. It's good to have ideas about your enemy. But as Masons, we have to express them in intelligent, eloquent, uh, with a lot of good rhetoric and grammar. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and be influential in the way we say it, and and not be not lower ourselves and debase ourselves to just calling people names or making them less than human, or you know. No, I totally that's agree. Where the, that's where the issue comes in for, and, for me. And I think it's, uh, we already read it, right? In, in, in avoiding all irregularities and intemperance, which may impair your faculties or, this is the point, debase the dignity of your profession. You, as a Mason, you, if you're on your Facebook ranting about how lefties are this and lefties are that or righties are this and righties are that, and you're making all of these assertions about other people... Um, then then you're being you're not understanding what it means to be a mason in society you yeah. you're you're not getting it um and you need to get it because that has to stop and it's real prevalent from the right side uh, i am finding i find brothers well i've unfriended from, left side brothers that just are not are not kind and oh i know they're, it's they're it's on stuff. both sides yeah but, i, I I, I agree it's definitely way more predominant for some reason on the right than the left, but I, it is definitely happening on the left, too. And Well, I hear, you know, um, the, the big mantra now is, um, you know, God bless Florida. And whenever you hear that word, you know, oh, God bless Florida, what they mean is that, you know, somehow Florida is this great front, 
for right for right politics. One nation and, under uh, God, and, indivisible. Right, right, <laughs> and and you know, Florida, Florida is a it is a red state. It's always been a very red state. I I understand that, but there's a lot of diversity here, man. And um, you know, we could talk about um, Florida politics all day long. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to go back to what I what I said earlier. Uh, for me, uh, Florida politics is that's state. There's not a lot I can do about state politics. But you know, Sarasota County, um, I can do something there. Uh, my 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 politics, my local politics, I can do something about that. I can I can join. I can go to the HOA meeting as much as I hate those things uh, in my neighborhood, uh, which is a form of government. Um, and I can, I can offer myself, you know, as a friend to help. I live in a community, a 55 plus community where nobody's 55, everybody's 75. And I could offer myself to help people who need help during the hurricane last year. Um, I was walking out in the hurricane in my, in my, my rain gear, making sure that everybody was okay. All the shut-ins were good. uh, Voter ID cards before you gave any assistance. Yeah, I checked to make sure that, no, see, and that's, that's a great point, right? You didn't You're using humor to explain a very, a very real thing. Yeah. I did not check anyone. I didn't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's someone in need. You know, they can help them. Right. They, they had a, um, a person who was left-leaning. Uh, on the HOA, who was complaining about all the American flags that were flying out there, and um, that's, you know that's an interesting argument to make, right? And he was what's very the, upset. What's the logic behind that argument? He was very upset. He's he's it's America, right? Like, right. How can you have too many American flags? But here's the problem. <laughs> you know, he has a right. He has a right to. Okay, fine. You you don't you don't appreciate it. You've made your voice known. Oh, is he saying it's ugly? Like no, maybe. he's saying that it's pay, uh, this kind of patriot. Uh, patriotic behavior is toxic. Toxic. Yeah, because he's he's from the left side, and he's not a he he, he said he's not a flag. Anyway, interesting. He, I don't think that's a left side thing. That's a nut job thing. For him, it is. For him, it <laughs> for him it was. He presented it as such, and in doing so, made himself a bit of a pariah. But now, yeah, those from the right, because everybody's been taught hate the right, hate the yeah. left, the left versus right, right lie that you know the 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 uniparty above us has caused us to be left and right so we can fight with each other while they rip us off. Yeah, Let's just keep keep that part in mind. Power back. And that's exactly together. what happened in this HOA situation. People started hating him, mm. literally, no, bitterly. Not, he did that to himself. He did it to himself. He did it to himself, but where's the guy? Where's the guy that says, "Hey man, I I don't really care about either of that. You're my neighbor and and you know, I don't fly a flag just cuz I my wife does. My wife flies the flag frequently on on the hall the on the federal holidays, my yeah. wife puts that flag you, out. And you see a lot of people do that. Yeah, she does that regularly, and and I and I admire her for it. Um, but I, where's the guy that goes to this man who's now been, you know, he started off spewing his incorrect from the left view, and now the incorrect view from the right comes that, back uh, at him, and now we have this battle going on. Not a left view, I have to say. Left, I'm, right, I've I don't been care. Been living on the left a little while, and that is not a left view I've uh, ever heard. Well, he portrays himself as a very leftist. It's a poor example. Um, that well, guy is. but from the right and left, I know, poor examples I know. exist. They're right? out there. They're out there, man. They're out there. But that's part it's of the like, lie. Oh, you don't like flags? Don't look at them. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. They I, have a right to do what they want with their house. It's it's a little weird. But uh, my you know street. What? Those there's, HOAs there's 12, are, they're there's, very Nazi-ish. It's like you can't. 
Like only this kind of plant, only that colored thing. It's like, oh, it's, geez, it's, okay. It's, and that was, I think that was his gist. He wanted to become the HOA guy that tells everybody they can't fly flags except on uh, national holidays, whatever. It is crazy. I, you, some days you go down my neighborhood and every house has a flag I, on I, the mailbox. I pick you up and I'm like, wow, there are a lot of flags out here. Well, there's a lot of ex-military and cops and stuff that live in my neighborhood. So there that's, that's the flags. reason why. It's true. It's I've very true. It. It's very but true. But I never was offended by it. I couldn't even imagine somebody being offended by it. Right. But like, let me finish the point. The point is that where's the guy, not the left versus right, right versus left guy, but where's the guy that goes to either side of this equation and says, hey, put a flag up, don't put a flag up. But if anybody needs anything, can we just help each other? <laughs> yeah. You know, if, you, if you're a shut-in, you know, Mrs. Jones down over in 4B has been shut in. Has anybody gone over to see her? To make sure she's okay, she's by herself, you know, and her kids are up north. Uh, have you done while you're fighting over the flag and your left versus right ruse? Okay, Mrs. Jones over here, your neighbor is like, who knows? Nobody's been over there, so let's go over there and do that. Let's put this aside, okay, and let's do what is right. That would be a Masonic thing to do. That would be a very Christian thing to do, um, obviously, because I am a Christian. Um, but it's, it's also very clear that that is a Masonic idea and concept, and we should be those peacemakers. And uh, that's a rabbit hole that I'm kind of glad I went down. So there's a new documentary out about Blue Zones. You're familiar with Blue Zones? Wait, I watched that last night. Is Did that the you? food? The longevity, being 100 years old? Yeah, the cent- centenarians. Centenarians. That thing, that was very interesting. There are places around the world where people more often than not, live over 100 years old. Yes. And not just live in a wheelchair on oxygen. Oh, no. Riding horses, did corralling you, Did sheep. you see the, the <laughs> lady from Okinawa, 102 years old? Working in the garden. Playing, uh, throwing those those rings yep. and stuff and yep. working in the garden and laughing out loud. Oh, and she put a bottle on her head and was dancing, and it was a, <laughs> it was a Tai Chi dance that yeah. she was doing. It was beautiful. Yeah. She, I would love to meet that woman. She is over 100 years old. 102. And there are few, they start out thinking, what kind of food is it? It's got to be the diet. It has to be, right? Right, right. No, because in China, they're eating a lot of rice. It's a lot of carbs. Rice and uh, and the, the purple sweet potato. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, there are some common things with the food, but not a lot. The food doesn't really make the the biggest difference. In I think his conclusion about food was is that they don't eat a lot of it. It's about portions, yeah, yeah, their portion size yeah. is very small. Yes, and and they have a saying in the Eastern philosophy: only eat till you're eighty percent full. Right, right, right. So they say that right before they eat with a family is almost like a little prayer. Like yeah, only 80% really cool Asian sounding words. And the last one is <laughs> bow, but I don't know what the first two are, but yes, it's a very cool concept. Well, the common thread that they found in all blue zones is the sense of community that they have, yeah. that yep. they stay engaged with people, their age, people older than them and little kids younger than them on a daily basis. They engage as a community and that sense of community has a real impact on your quality of life and the length of your life. Yep. Um, it, it just does something to our mental and physical bodies to be connected with other humans. We were created to be in community. We absolutely were. And this idea of picking enemies out of people you don't know gets in the way of that. It destroys it. You won't be able to live that kind of a life if you immediately identify half the people around you as an evil. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so... For your own benefit 
<laughs> maybe try to reduce the uh, hate that you have for somebody you don't know and give it a shot. Try to spark up a conversation. Hey, ask some questions of somebody you know or one of those, like your friend who's crazy with his ideas. <laughs> right. I'd be really curious to sit down and, and figure out where this is coming from. And I bet it's some kind of personal issue he's dealing with where could, like could something be. happened to him in his childhood and he's trying to like come out in the world and like, you know, whoosh, fix all the rights. I, I, I think the I think the left versus right ruse has been been bred into us. Our earliest memories. You know, if you're from a left family, then uh, you hate the right. If you're from a right family, then you hate the, yeah. you know, and it's bred into us. But and, and all the while, all the while for my entire lifetime, the uniparty above us has been getting richer and richer and richer. Yeah. And because we let them. It's and, in our power to stop this. If we, get, it, if we it came is. together and but stop this, we, we could. We got to wake up and we got to stop arguing with each other over national global politics, which doesn't do anything for us but make us poor. Uh, yeah. And separate us and harm us. And masonry has an avenue. Masonry has something to say about that. Yeah, we're, if we're, we'll we're live talking it. about it. That's right. Right now, this episode that's is telling you absolutely right. That's absolutely right. We we could uh, be the guy who goes over to Mrs. Jones to find out uh, if she's okay, as opposed to arguing over whether we should or shouldn't have too many flags, uh, because the left versus right lie is going, you know, is is alive and well in our midst. So it's just an odd thing. It really is. I think we started this rabbit hole talking about Masons who are posting all of these things, the right versus left garbage on their social feeds and then coming to lodge and acting like they're, you know, like like it's normal or like it doesn't exist. But but we know because we see it. We see it. Um, You you post it out there and and it comes through our feed and stuff. And I I I got to tell you, if you're out there. And you put that stuff on your Facebook page and it comes across mine. I immediately take you off because I don't care what side you're on. I don't I don't participate in it. I've said this a hundred times, man. People think I'm, you know, I'm this political animal, left side, right side, whatever. I am not. I don't put up with it. I don't allow it in my life. And I will immediately take you off of my off of my feet as soon as I see it. You do educate yourself. I know that you do have strong opinions. I do. I do. Uh, and that's how it's supposed to be. Right. If you're an educated man, you will have strong opinions uh, yes. on what you learn. <laughs> and, 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 and the reason you have them is to benefit others. How do right. you benefit others? By calling them names and idiots and making a hateful speech that's and words? No. That's where we're failing. That's where we're failing. Yeah. And if, you, if you're educated and you have something to share and something to say that are words of life, the best way to do that is to be humble and to, to love all men, to treat all men before they give you a reason to treat all men with respect uh, and, and with kindness and gentleness, desiring to know what's in their heart so that they might be willing to hear what is in your heart. And that's 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 it. Yeah. You know, that's that's really it. And, and you're right. I do have strong opinions, but I, I have no need to display my strong opinions over and above anybody else because I know what I believe and I know why I believe them. And that's it. I'm good with it. I'm fine. Well, here's a great example of that. There's another documentary out of a, a, a black man who has made a career out of friending Klansmen. Is that right? Have you seen this one? No. What's it called? I have to check. I, I'll look I've it up. I've seen it twice now because it was that good. He was shunned from his own community for even reaching out to the Klansmen. And the Klan obviously didn't 
think highly of him trying this to talk to them. This is a perfect analogy, right? <laughs> this is perfect. Uh, but he didn't give up. He's like, if I just show them that I'm a normal guy, maybe I can change one freaking guy's mind. This guy has a collection of clan robes on a regalia of, of people that have given him this stuff in friendship and have renounced the clan. He's the guy. Because they're like, oh, they lied to me. Like, this is a good guy. I don't want to hate this guy. Like, they learned to befriend him, and they learned that they were wrong in their thinking. Uh, and he's actually changing hearts and minds. Imagine that. He's not out there preaching on a pulpit being like, you're bad for saying I'm bad. He's like, why do you think I'm bad, man? Right. I, I, I love my wife. Like you love your wife, like sitting down, breaking bread, having a conversation. That's how you change things. That's exactly right. You change heart and minds through that way. He's the guy. He's putting himself at great risk to do that. Big time. Big time. I because mean, his own community doesn't understand what exactly. he's doing. Exactly. <laughs> he has no home. He has no yeah. home. He stepped out and he, he left his country and they abandoned him and yeah. he moved into a country that hates him. Right. Exactly. All because he's of love. He's not trying to be a Klansman. He just wants to say, hey, you're a person just like me and I'm sorry that you're not educated about you know me and my people. So let me help you with that. Wow. I love it. I got to watch. I'll find it and it's I'll watch it. It's a great example of what you're talking about. That, that's how we change things. We talk to each other. Talk to each other and and with gentleness and respect. And and again, I I keep saying it to you, and I'll always say it to you. Know what you believe and why you believe it. And the reason why is because once you know why you believe something, the particulars of of and the reason behind it, you don't need to go out and push push your agenda on anybody. I don't need you to know my beliefs if it's going to cause a rift between you and I. I don't need it. I know why I believe them. I'm comfortable with them. I will educate myself if I'm wrong on something, and I'll, and I'll come to the truth. I seek truth. That's just what I do. So if you're out there from the left side, the right side, the center side, the upside, the downside, and you don't really know why you believe the things you believe, I would encourage you to educate yourself on that fact. It's, it's worthy of your time. Because it will make you a better man. It'll make you that guy. You'll be that guy. Daryl Davis. Daryl, you'll curious, be Daryl. Da- be a Daryl Davis, Google man. Daryl Davis. He's an African African American musician. He's going out of his way to befriend Klansmen. It's great. Uh, for more than twenty years, he's been doing that. So he's he's done a lot, and you'll you'll be your mind will be blown when you see what what real courage looks like, which is uh, the pacifist way. The, the way of talking and, and loving, leading with love. I would say it's the way of truth, right? That's the way of truth because uh, truth, look at that picture. <laughs> if you Google his name, you'll find I, articles I did, all I over just, the internet about him. I'm going to save it. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into him, Daryl Davis a little bit. Daryl Davis is living, Daryl Davis is doing the work. Boy, I tell you, there's some, there's, there's some of that here in, in Masonry, there here sure in Florida, is. some of that. We need a Daryl Davis uh, in masonry to step up and start educating people because, um, you know, God created uh, man in his own image and in his own image, did he create he and them? And, and it, it if you have a problem with a, the, a, a human being because of their, their birth color or their birth heritage, you got a problem with God, their creator, man. Well, you can extrapolate that out to anything. You have an issue with someone about that you don't know personally. It's kind of the same deal, no matter what the issue is. Unless you know them as a person, you don't have a right to hate on them. Uh, That's so true. (laughs) Once you know them as a person, you probably have every right to hate on them. (laughs) Well, that's that's another show. That's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a different show. So, uh, brother, this has been a great conversation. Once again, uh, 
I have been... Um, half of the charge was covered. Half of the charge was covered. I guess we're going to have to do uh, next week. We'll have to jump to the other half of the charge and, and go through it. And, and uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just keep going forward. I, um, I just want to go over maybe some takeaways here for the show, guys. Um, you know, if you're out there listening, you, you, you know, I think, I, I think it's worthy of, of repeating the self-reflection we started right. with, uh, talking about humility and self-reflection. Um, if that speaks to you today, there's a reason for that. And take some time, whoever you are, um, you know, from, from any, anybody, any walk of life, uh, take a minute and, and, and look in the mirror per either literally or figuratively and ask yourself some important questions about, you know, are you happy with the way your life is? Are you happy with the way you deal with your brothers and, and your family? Are you unhappy with things in your life? Then, then affect change. Masonry offers you tools. Is your um, haircut complimenting the shape of your face? Yes. Is your haircut complimenting <laughs> the shape of your face? Things we need to face? reflect on. Yes. Don't reflect on that. No, correctly. don't do that. Wor- worry about that later. It says the guy with no hair. I was in uh, Phoenix Lodge, as you were. Yes. On Tuesday night. Tuesday night. They gave us, they're, they're really kind. They gave us this gift, a traveling gavel. Really kind of them. They didn't oh, have to so do that. Oh, so kind. They, yeah. yeah they, Thank you, brothers. Actually, over there. they did have to. And <laughs> we got it. <laughs> uh, but I was uh, asked to help with a Fellcraft proficiency. So oh, yeah, yeah. I went out into the secretary's office to work with those guys while you were opening lodge. And guess what's hanging on the wall? I don't a know. little mirror that says chamber of reflection over it. Oh no. Apparently the secretary has a little chamber of reflection over there at Phoenix Lodge. I love it. And I didn't say anything, but in my mind I was like, ooh, chamber of reflection. We we love it. We we need the chamber of reflection, man. We 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 just need it. I don't know why it's not I don't know why it's gone. Hmm. But this this show is dedicated to possibly someday. We'll making bring it, back, it guys. bringing it back, bringing it back because memento mori, my brothers, memento mori. Remember, someday you must die. Therefore, live your life accordingly. Live your life accordingly. If you're and, out there as a Mason and you have any experience writing uh, law for Masonry, let us know because I'm interested in finding out how we can get some laws passed to bring the Chamber of Reflection back into our ritual work. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be great, yeah. And let this show maybe that could I be. I don't one know how our, to do that. One and of our little hobby horses. I'm interested in it though. That would be fun. I, I that would be fun to get that done and to bring that back because, in my opinion, and may, most other states still do it. Uh, this is a kind of a Florida thing, so it would be great to bring that back to reflect upon your mortality, brother. Even other countries, Worshipful Garcia was in Puerto Rico, and he's they showed us they have a beautiful chamber of reflection over right. there. It's everywhere but here. Come on, why are we robbed? We want our reflection chamber. <laughs> well, brother, I am, uh, once again, I'm just, I'm absolutely blessed for, uh, by, uh, oh, there's the music, uh, by all that we do here. encouraging words. more and more people, everywhere I go, people are giving me high fives and shouting out to me, and, uh, and I just, I'm just blown away by it. We, we do this to serve you guys. Joy, it's not always easy. It's super early on a Friday morning, um, but we love it. We absolutely love it. I love sitting across from my worshipful master, uh, my brother Chris Burns, and absolute privilege. Uh, Chris, what do you got, man? Send him off with something. We love you. That'll do it. We'll see you next time.